Welcome to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor at the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now, get ready to be transformed by this message. Father, we are grateful and thankful. We thank you for the grace we have received. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have to gather in your house to hear your word. Holy Spirit, I bear myself to you. Fill me, use me, speak to us, teach us. You are the great teacher. Holy Spirit, touch our hearts, give us receptive hearts, and let your word not go forth and return to you void, but let it accomplish the purpose and the reason of which you sent it. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Clap your hands together for the Lord and be healed. And I want to continue with our series of messages on those who are proud. Those who are proud. Say what a message. What a message. Those who are proud. As your neighbor, are you proud? Then this is your message. Hallelujah. Say, are you, are you proud? What was your answer? I yes, I am proud. I am proud. Hallelujah. So we began this series learning about humble yourself. Wow. We talked about humble yourself and we gave several reasons why we ought to humble ourselves. And one number one reason is that God says in James chapter 4 and verse 10, He says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. Hallelujah. How many of you want God to lift you up? You want a lift from God. Hallelujah. To receive a lift means to receive an upgrade without fighting, without effort. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we see someone running up the stairs and another person standing on an escalator. They all get to the top. But when they get to the top, you see that one cannot breathe. And one is so relaxed and ready to run on. Hallelujah. Sometimes you go to the airport and you see people standing on the escalator and walking just the same pace as others who are walking on the side. And you see yourself bypassing them. That is the lifting up of the Lord. When God lifts you up, Though you are working with same colleagues, same classmates, you find yourself going ahead of them. Hallelujah. That is the lifting up of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And then we learned another reason why you ought to humble yourself. And we said that because God gives more grace. Wherefore he said, God resisted the proud. Hallelujah. God resists proud people. God resists those who are proud. Hallelujah. Amen. That is why we are talking about those who are proud. Mm. Amen. Amen. You receive resistance from God. You receive a fight from God. When you are a proud person, Satan takes a break. Mm. Satan does not need to fight you because God himself takes a stand to fight you. Wow. Hallelujah. I don't know how many of you would like God to fight you. 
But if you have seen a little boy, sometimes a little boy is trying to, a baby, like Nehemiah, trying to enter into a room. And then the father stands behind the door. And then he puts his foot behind the door. And you see the boy exercising muscles to open the door. Now how many of you think that someone like Nehemiah can open the door the father is standing behind him? That is what happens when God is fighting you. When God is fighting you, you cannot make a move. You cannot move forward. God can fight you and fight you and fight your entrance to heaven. Always. God will fight your entrance to heaven. He resists you. Because the Bible says he giveth more grace. And he resists the proud. It means that there's no grace for the proud. Are you listening? Now your very salvation, your very salvation is out of grace. Your very salvation upon which you stand as a Christian while you are sitting in church today is out of grace. The Bible says, by grace are you saved. So if God does not give you any grace, there is no salvation for you. Therefore God will fight your entrance, your attempt, your effort to even enter into heaven. It's a dangerous thing to be proud. Hallelujah. It's a dangerous thing to be proud. And then we talk about how to humble yourself. How to humble yourself. And last week, we received powerfully how to humble yourself as a child. Hallelujah. That you humble yourself like a child. Because if I say humble yourself, how are you going to humble yourself? You don't know how to humble yourself. Do you know how to humble yourself? That is why we are learning how we can. Will you sleep in somebody's You see, the more successful you become, the more pride looks on you. It takes on you. It jumps on you. Hallelujah. It's invisible enemy. An invisible enemy. Hallelujah. And the higher you go, the more attractive you become to the spirit of pride. The higher you go, the more attractive you become attractive to the spirit of pride. Hallelujah. So it's easy for us to say be humble. It's very easy. But what exactly should we do to make ourselves look humble? What should we do? Should we smile in a certain way? Should we wear some old clothes? Is that how we are going to be humble? Should we live in some old houses? Is that how we are going to be humble? Should we eat poor food? Should we wear tighter clothes and rats to show that we are humble? You see, there are many people who have different opinions about what humility is. But we are learning that the best person to ask is Jesus. So what Jesus says is what we learn. 
And he said we should behave like children or behave like servants. Hallelujah. So it's a good thing for all of us at the premise to assume that we are proud. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So now let me ask the question again. How many people are proud? Oh, yes. The ones who don't feel you are proud is also a good assumption for you to know. But it's not good generally. Amen. You see, when you assume that you are proud, then you fight the spirit of pride and you strive to be humble. Hallelujah. When you identify in you that there is pride, then you begin to fight this spirit of pride. Hallelujah. The Bible says that there is no contention without pride. So if you are any person who has contended with any person you know, if you are a person who has fought with any, is there anyone who is sitting here, there's someone in your life that you don't talk to, that person annoying you, and you still don't talk to that person? Some of you don't have anyone in your life that you don't talk to. Amen. So if you have any form of contention, if there's any form of contention, you see, there's no contention that will come if there was no pride. There will be no contention in marriages, there will be no contention between boss and subordinates, there will be no contention between husband and wife, there will be no contention amongst friends if there was no pride. Hallelujah. So if there is any form of contention in you, or there's any form of contention in your life, then I want to put it to you that you are proud. I said it. I said you are proud. Amen. So what does it mean to humble yourself like a servant? I'm going to give you some few points and then we'll close. Number one, when you are humble like a servant, you are happy and willing to do menial jobs. When you are humble like a servant, you are happy and willing to do menial jobs. When you lose this humility, you are no longer willing to do menial jobs. And I want to tell you the key words here is happy and willing. Happy and willing. Because there are many people who do menial jobs, but they are very unhappy. There are many people who do menial jobs and they do it unwillingly. Hallelujah. John chapter 6 and verse 12. Do you remember when Jesus fed the 5,000? After he had fed the 5,000, the disciples were feeling very big. They were feeling powerful. That we are working with the great man of God. And in our ministry, just with a few loaves of bread and fish, we can feed 5,000 people. And they were working among the people, checking how you fall. Have you had enough to eat? Sit down. And they were giving them. And they were sharing among them. And after everyone had eaten, then the boss called them. The master called them and said, Go around and start cleaning after the people. Because said that there will be no crumbs left. He says in 
John 6 and verse 12, he says, When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. That means go down in the grass and be looking for the crumbs. Crawl on your knees looking for the crumbs and pick up every single crumbs until nothing is lost. This is the assignment that the boss gave them. This is the assignment that the master gave them. Would you be able to do that? Would you be able to do that? Can your pastor tell you, go around the church and be picking up all the crumbs from around the area? A man with a degree. A man with a post at your job. We are all here. We can Can the pastor tell you to go around and pick up the crumbs that are left over? I mean, you finish and you just leave. Hallelujah. Second Kings chapter 3 and verse 7. You know, let us read this scripture quickly. Go back, go back to verse 9. You know, this is when the kings of Judah and Israel and Edom were being attacked by the king of Moab. And as they were gone, you know, can the worshippers now wanted to know that they are taking the right move? So he wanted to see if there is a true man of God amongst them who can really tell them that this move is right. And I will tell you who God calls a true man of God. Who God identifies as the true man of God. So we can now go back to verse 11 because that is the background that I'm giving you now. So, but Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? Is there not someone here who God speaks to? Someone who can tell us the mind of God? Is there not a prophet? A servant, a true servant of God here that we may inquire of the Lord by him. And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elisha. Here is Elisha. Here is Elisha. And listen to the description of how to identify that Elisha is the man that we ought to go to. He said, Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who Pour water on the hand of Elijah. If we are looking for a true and anointed servant of God, then we ought to look for one who has been in the position of a servant. God will not use anyone who does not have a servant's heart. I'm telling you, God will not use anyone who does not have a servant's heart. Are you listening to me? God will not use anyone who does not have a servant's heart. But God sent Samuel to go and anoint a king. There were sons who were in the house. 
waiting for mom to cook for them and ready to eat and looking handsome. They've been fed well, six packs, looking like kings, noble sons. And they went through Samuel's screen and God says, Not this one, not that one, not this one, not that one, not that one. But the one who has a seventh heart, who is one here, who is seven the father in the field. Go from that and that is the one that will happen. Wow. Wow. Are you listening to me? Saul was an ambition as a seventh, sending his father. Yeah. When God led him to be anointed. Right. The Bible says of Jesus, He says, He made himself of no reputation. God will not use you with your reputation. Right. God will not use you with your confidence. God will not use you with your greatness. Yeah. He says, He made himself of no reputation. Yeah. He took upon him the, 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 the form of a serpent. Right. You teach him. You teach him. Man. Are you listening to me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go on and on and on. We fall out of work. Unless you have the spirit of the seven, you will never be anointed. That's right. You will never be used by God. Amen. 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 So, pride is a killer of God's choices. Amen. When you humble, when you are humble of the seven, you are prepared to do menial jobs. Right. Now, what are menial jobs? Mm-hmm. What are menial jobs? Sweeping. Sweeping. Cleaning. Cleaning. Being a waiter. Being a waiter. In the church, when you are a waiter, you are, you are an usher. <laughs> you see? When you become, when you become pompous, when you become somebody, right. you don't want to be an usher. Right. You do it out of with grace. Mm. Are you listening to me? Oh, yes. When you are humble, you you do the work of God. Amen. Amen. Willingly and happily. Oh wow. I, like I said it. what? Willingly and happily. I like it. I like it. You see the text willingly and happily. Mm. You clean the toilet willingly and happily. Amen. Amen. Oh, I, I, I am amazed when I see beautiful young women dressed coming to church and they are in the toilet and they are clean. Hey! And they are clean. Hey! And they are clean. We love them. And then sometimes people look back and they walk on them. And they, they don't even want to step. And they tell you to bring extra clothes. You, you dress you. <laughs> Is someone listening to me? Oh yes. When you were struggling in your career in your school and you were failing the school exams and you needed a person to pray for you, you were going to take the exam. You were so fearful. You are about to be fired. You are about to be kicked out. You are about and you need a person. You were very humble. Hey. Today you are called. What is it? Are you listening to me? Oh, yeah. I say, when you are being lifted up, pride jumps on you. Amen. Pride jumps on you. And that moment, you take a position where God resists you. God fights you. God opposes you. 
But there's more grace. Yeah. He says he gives more grace. I said there's more grace. He gives more grace to the ones who are humble. Amen. That there is a greater grace. I didn't know there's greater grace. Teaching us. Hallelujah. Amen. I love it. Wow. When you lose your humility, you refuse to do menial jobs. Mm. Amen. Amen. There are some of you who are excellent guests in the church. Mm. Excellent guests. Excellent musicians. Excellent singers. You know why we don't have men in the choir? Yeah. Oh. Because of pride. Yes. Pride. Mm. You are too proud to stand before people and sing. But do you, think, do you think that there are no men in the church who don't have to sing? They are anointed singers. I don't even know if they are called anointed singers. Are you listening to me? Tell the next man you sound like you can sing. Sometimes I feel in my own simple assessment that 
If the bishop is not there, this person can step in the Wow. That are you. They are the ones that are in the And pride comes in them. And they feel they are ready to be on their own. They are ready to be their own. Consider. I said, the more the Lord lifts you up, beware of this spirit of pride. Beware of this spirit of pride. Amen. Amen. Beware of this spirit of pride. Hallelujah. Amen. People who know how to sing, people who know how to play instruments are so proud. So proud. They feel that playing instruments and singing with the choir is below their status. It's below their status. Amen. There are several men in the church who can sing very well. And they can join the church, they can join the choir and lift up the choir. There are several men and women who can sing very well. Oh yes. But today they are sitting down. Mm. Tell them, thank to your neighbor, it's a shame of you. They say, it's because of you the pastor is preaching. It's because of you. They feel that singing and playing instrument is for the enthusiasts. They are overly enthusiastic and overly excited. You know, sometimes people feel that like it's good beneath them to dance in the church. It's beneath them. You know? It's beneath them to dance in the church. But I tell you, there is no work in the house of the Lord that is too low. There is no work. There is no way. And anyone that God has called to do something, he's looking for someone who is low. Or someone who looks upon himself as low. First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26. First Corinthians 1 and verse 26. It says, For ye see your calling. You see, if God has called you, he says, Look at among the people that God has called. He says, For ye see your calling, brethren. How that not many wise men after the flesh. I am not saying God chooses foolish people. Mm. Oh, I don't Are you listening? Yeah. He says, if you look at the calling, you will not see many wise men after the flesh. That means not many wise men in the eyes of men. Mm. When men look at you and they say, Oh, you are wise, you are big, you are this, God will not call you. He says, Not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty. When you feel mighty, when you feel big, it says not many noble are called. That is why you don't see them singing. Because they feel noble. They feel they are too noble. That is why you don't see them going for evangelism. Before they were going for evangelism. Now they will not go for evangelism because they feel big. You live in a certain neighborhood. You drive a certain car. You occupy a certain position. How is it possible that your police will be finding you on the street trying to give tracks and witness to people? The homeless people that are passing you up is still beneath you. It's beneath you. Forgive us. Mercy. You have become big on your own. He says, not many. Why? It's not many noble. 
not to make, but then he says in the next verse, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God intentionally chooses the foolish things of the world. That which you consider as nothing, that which you consider as foolish, that is what God chooses. Wow. And he does that to confound you. them who feel they are wise. You think you are wise? God is confounding you. He says, and God has chosen the weak things of the world. The weak things. The things that people consider as weak. You are a weak man. You are not that strong. You are not that powerful. God chooses. When men are looking at you as someone who is weak, you are the kind that God chooses. Amen. Amen. And he says, they have chosen these things to confound the things which are mighty. The things which are mighty. And then, and base things, base things. People of no degree. Base things had God chosen. And things which are despised had God chosen. Yea, and things which are not, you are nothing. God does that. And He does that so that the glory will be on. That's right. Yeah. The glory will be on. Hallelujah. And God has not shared his glory with no man. Oh, yes. That is why he will not choose you who is in your own glory. He will not choose. He will not choose. Wow. Hallelujah. Number two. When you are humble like a servant, you are willing to be trained in your work. Okay. When you lose this humility, you are no longer willing to receive training. Hallelujah. Amen. You are no longer willing to receive training. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 13. It says, Better is a poor and a wise child than an old and foolish king who will no more be admonished. Oh, wow. Oh, God sees a child, a, a child who can be disciplined, who can be instructed. As wise, God sees a child who can be trained as wise compared to an old and a foolish king who will no more be admonished. The NASB, NASB, it says, a poor yet wise lad is better than an old and foolish king who no longer knows how to receive instruction. Amen. Amen. So you can 
no, you can never be a servant. You can never serve if you are not trained. Right. Amen. Amen. Every master is peculiar and expects specific things from his master. Amen. When you have lost the humanity of a servant, you cannot be trained or retrained to do anything. Indeed, it like it takes humility to be trained. It takes humility to be trained. It takes a humble heart to be trained. If you are not humble, you can never be trained. And if you are not trainable, you can never go up. You see, it is just working the same way. You can never be lifted up. You can never be lifted up if you don't have the humility to be trained. You can never be lifted up. You can never be promoted. Amen. Amen. Without being humble, you cannot be trained, disciplined, or instructed to perform certain tasks or tricks for your master. The fact that someone cannot modify your thoughts, your behavior, your habit is an indication of your bigness and your pride. Quote unquote, bigness. You know what is bigness? Bigness is to be feel to feel big, to feel pompous. If you feel big, no one can modify your thoughts. No, no one can modify your behavior. You cannot be changed. Amen. Amen. So that is what it means to be trained. To be trained means to be pruned, to be drilled, to be bent until you are in a desired shape and a condition fit for your master's use. Wow. Wow. That is what it means to be trained. Wow. Amen. Amen. So the only thing required of you by your master may be openness and cleanliness. On the other hand, you may work somewhere and the most important thing to your master may be punctuality. But you need to learn of your master. What does your master want? Hallelujah. To please your master is always to do what your master wants. And if you are not willing to learn from what your master wants, you will never please your master and you will never be promoted. You will never be promoted. Hallelujah. Whatever it is, if you cannot bend over and be tortured in that particular area of eccentricity, you will never flourish there. Pride is what makes you unable to be trained as a servant. Hallelujah. Is somebody being blessed? Is somebody's heart being changed and transformed? The next point, when you humble, when you are humble like a servant, you do not need to be seated in a prominent place of honor. When you lose this humility, you must be given a prominent place. Amen. Amen. When you are humble, you don't desire prominent place. You don't desire prominent city. Hmm. Bishop talks about once when he organized a conference and there was an international preacher and several ministers were invited. And there was this particular minister who came. And just as people are seated here, the first seat was filled, so subsequently they filled the second seat. And this minister, when he came, he was seated on the second row. And the minister took offense. Oh. This, what do you think? 
What do you think I am? That will sit me in the second room. And the medicine to convince that he was seated in the second room. When he could hear, when he could see, when he could give, when he could receive. But he was offended. Because he was in the second room. John chapter 3, verse 30. This is what John the Baptist said. He said, He must increase, but I must decrease. Amen. Amen. If you are in any position, in any relationship, if your attitude is that this person I'm relating to must increase, but I must decrease, you'll find yourself being lifted up by God. Amen. I said, you'll find yourself being lifted up by God. Amen. You know, men can never promote you. Men will not promote you. Right, true. That is why the Bible says that you are cursed if your trust is in man. Mm, true. So yes, men may look down upon you. In the face of God, you are someone that is near Amen. 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 When you are servants, you do not need to sit on the high table of the or the front row. Your strong desire to be seated on the front row reveals your pride. Many people desire to be seated in the front row. Yeah. Many people desire certain positions. Yeah. And it's a sign of the pride. Yeah. Hallelujah. Jesus says, if you desire to sit in the back, then they bring you and sit you in the front. That is where your honor comes. Oh, wow. But imagine that you are seated in the front and then they come and they say, To the back. Peace. Peace. No mess. Would you love your friend? Please, no mess. If you can go to the back. To the back. Desire the back row. Desire the back row. So desire the back row and God will bring you forward. Hallelujah. God will bring you forward. He says, promotion does not come from the east, it does not come from the west. Promotion does not come from the south. Promotion, it only comes from God. Yes. But he says that he will promote the one who is humble, the one who takes the back road. Amen. He's the one that he will bring forward. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me give you one more point. When you are humble like a servant, you want to serve. When you lose this humility, you do not want to serve anymore. You want people to serve you. When you are humble, did you hear me? When you are humble like a servant, you want to serve. When you lose this humility, you do not want to serve anymore. Wow. I have seen in the church many people who have come and very humble, very enthusiastic. They want to serve the Lord. They want to do the work of the Lord. And they are serving. They are going about doing the work of God. Cleaning, sweeping, arranging, coming on time. Oh yes. You know, people who want to serve are the ones who come on time. That's right. They are the ones who come early to arrange. Yeah. They are the ones who come early to clean. True. They are the ones who stay late to clean. That's right. They are servants. They serve. But when you lose this spirit, when you lose the spirit of humility, you no longer want to serve. At all. Hmm. Could it be? You can tell in your own life. Am I preaching to someone today? Because I'm looking at faces here. 
He knows things. It is happening. It is happening, Reverend. Because when I read it, I say, Oh, this is happening in my chair. And I read it, Oh, this is happening. And I say, I know this person who can fulfill this. I know this person. That is why it's a conference. Put your hands together for the second of that. But give us. So, what is the seventh form? Amen. He is there to minister to the needs and wants of others. Wow. When you have lost the humility of a servant, you do not want to serve anymore. But you want to be saved. It is important to maintain the attitude of someone who exists to minister and serve. Hallelujah. Amen. Many people who do not want to do their percentage well or who don't do their percentage well, it's not because of anything, it's because of their pride. I'm telling you, it's pride. It is because of pride. Pride is what has caught up on you that you no longer want to serve. Mm. Amen. Amen. Everything that you are doing in the house of God is a position of acceptance. Everything that you are doing in the house of God. You are too proud that you don't want to call this person that is of no status, that will not answer your phone, that will not respond to you. You are too proud. You are too proud. But that is the spirit of acceptance. As a pastor, there are some people that you call. Even Class three, they are not finished. But they will not mind you. They will not mind you. They will not mind you. So if you are proud, you cannot do this work. Wow. You cannot do this work. Look at my Basenta members. How old are they? My Basenta members are teenagers. And you know. And sometimes I call them, they don't mind me. You still love them. That is the only way. 
Hallelujah. Amen. It says, and base things, things that are not as you just If you have nobility, you cannot do the work. That's right. Look at all the work that you do in the house. This is the work of God. The work of God. Look at all the work that you do. There is nothing that you be proud of. There's not so that you see somebody sound very powerful. Oh. There, be, there will be times when the voice is not my daughter, right? So and you realize that the people they didn't clap. And then you put your tail behind and then you go and sit down. You are playing the drums, you are sweating and then we finish. The other day we had we had PFR. And we were all happy, chatting, eating. Yeah. The bigness of the bed mm. when they finish, they left. They left. As a pastor, I came. Where is Salma? Did I not come around cleaning this place with you? Cleaning the place. Going from road to road, cleaning the place, cleaning the place. Without humility, you cannot. We need it. Amen. Amen. Sometimes someone will send you a message and you can see that this is a very insulting message. Mm. Very insulting. Mm. You got the person's offended. Sometimes you go out of your way and do all kinds of things for people. All kinds of things for people. And they turn around and treat you as. Are you not going to do for the next person? You need to be If you are proud, you can do this work. Right. Hallelujah. Amen. That is why Satan pumps up with the spirit of pride. Mm. He pumps us up. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But we must serve the people. We must serve the people that God has sent to us. Hallelujah. Amen. Everything that we can. And can do, we must do for the people. Amen. Amen. We must bend over backwards and do every minimal job that will make the people that we are sent to better than they were before we met them. We have to do everything we can to help the people. That is what God has called us to do. Hallelujah. Never think of yourself as being better than the people that you have been sent to. Never think of yourself like that. The moment you think of your position, your degree, and who is this person? You are in a center. Who is this person? Look at my teenager. None of them is even up to my age. Oh. Not even age. But in the ministry, we don't talk about age. That's right. Yes. Are you listening? Oh, yes. yes. Love None of them have learned the things that I have learned in life. Mm. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> so see the people you are ministering to as great and important. See them as people that are precious. That they are so precious that God sent His only Son to die for. Amen. If you can see them as that, that, a great price was paid for each one of them. Yeah. Then you can serve them well. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. When you see them in the right way, you will serve them with the very best of God's blessing. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. How many of you want God to bless you? How many of you want God to bless you? Unless you are a servant. Unless you are a servant. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Exodus chapter 23, verse 25. Our last scripture. Exodus 23 and verse 25. Look at that. Exodus 23, verse 25. Is it and ye shall serve the Lord your God. You shall serve the Lord your God. You will be a servant to the Lord your God. You shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread. Amen. He shall bless thy bread. He shall bless thy water. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. You know, the blessings of God, it comes in the seven of God. He says, you shall serve and he shall bless. You will serve the Lord our God. He will bless the food you eat. He will bless the water you drink. He will take diseases, sicknesses from amongst you. Do you want to be sick before you serve God? May God take sickness from amongst you that you will never be sick as you serve God. May you never suffer sickness. May you never be hospitalized. May you never be sick in the hospital bed. May you never be that you are in that position before you say, I will serve God. Then you said, now, sir, choose to be a servant. Choose the spirit of a servant and you will bless the food that you eat. You will never have food for you. You will never drink anything that will be a burden to you. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you know how to cigar? Do you know how to cigar? You don't know how to cigar. God can remove cigar out of your food. God can remove beer out of your food. When you are eating food and there's poison and there's bacteria in it, do you know? Yeah. But the servants of God, God will take these things out of you. Amen. Listen, there are certain things only God can give. Only God can give. Only God can know that the food is something else. And He says He will take sicknesses from our way. He will bless your food and He will bless your water. And He will remove sicknesses from your What's the next verse? The next verse. He says, There shall nothing cast their young nor be barren in thy land. You will not be barren. You will not be bad. You will not have financial barriers. You will not have food barriers in the name of Jesus. As you said, the Lord, you will not be bad. Hallelujah. I said, you will not be bad. Amen. It says, the number of thy days I will fulfill. That means you will need to see a good old age. None of you will die young. I said, you will not die before you die. You will not die before you die. Promotion will remove, God will cause them to turn away from you. 
means you are not blessed. But if you are blessed, God will force you to have enemies. And he says, those enemies, they will turn your heart. When you are still the back of your enemy, it means you are not away from you. Your enemy cannot face you. I said, your enemy cannot face you. Hallelujah. He says, I will make all thine enemies turn your back and believe. You will send the promise before you. That means that you will not fight any battle. God will go before you and He will come before you. God will bless you. God will cause His face to shine upon you. Only serve the Lord as God. He says, You shall serve. You shall serve. I cannot hear you. You shall serve. You shall serve. I choose to serve God. I choose to be a servant of God. Yeah. 
message. Come worship with us at the Kodesh Family Church located at 1810 Randall Avenue, Bronx, New York at 2 p.m. every Sunday. God bless you.